This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Life is full of choices. Should I go to work or to the beach? Go to the gym or meet my mates for some coldies? Have steak or chicken for dinner? No rules here, mate. At Outback, you can get them both. With our new steak and mate combos, you can pair your tender, juicy sirloin with Nashville hot wings, Alice Springs chicken, or even Bloomin' Pride shrimp, starting at just $16.99. Stop in and try one of our new steak and mate combos. Here for a limited time, only at Outback Steakhouse. Listen to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. It's our second consecutive defeat, this time away to Man City. Could we have done any better against arguably the best team in the world away from home in difficult conditions? We'll be talking about the game, our trip to Manchester, the coach speed toilet of terror, the importance of Brighton and any changes we would make before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham way. X, it was always going to be a tough game. We've gone to one of the best teams in the world, away from home, in difficult conditions, and lost by a goal. But could we have done better? Um, that's a tough question, to be honest with you, because Man City is so good. You know, you, you know you're playing one of the best sides in the world when you when you play them, as is proven by the fact that they're a Champions League finalist last year. They won the Premier League. Uh, they look like they're in contention to win it again and just be in Paris Saint-Germain. You know, you're playing one of the best teams in the world. So previous games against Man City, we've been battered. You know, we battered four or five, even mm. six nil in, in games. Um, and I don't think we were ever out of the game. Yes, Man City completely dominated possession. Um, and I think they um, they controlled the game, but we weren't ever out of it. You know, we, mm. we there was times where we could have got... Um, 
got something like got maybe got a draw out of it. I mean, the only slight thing I guess you could say was that we we maybe showed them too much respect again, maybe by changing to go defensive. I understand why he did bring Mazuarco in, but perhaps we shouldn't have done that. And also, we'd allowed them to have the ball a lot, but sometimes it's almost impossible to get it back off them. So when you reflect again, as per usual, there's the knee-jerk reactions of how awful the display was. I don't, <laughs> oh, think, no. I don't think it was an awful display. You know, of course, you could have done better because you lost the game. But in the grand scheme of things, losing 2-1 away to Man City in West Ham season is, is nothing. You don't have to worry about any anything more than a loss there is a bonus. So I'm not too fussed. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, how many times have we been on this podcast and been pissed off about a defeat or a performance? I mean, I literally have lost count so many times, but... I, I can't be too pissed off for the reasons that you've mentioned, really. I mean, I, for one, think tactically Moyes got it right. I think when you go to somewhere like City, I think you have to play five at the back. I didn't have a problem with that. Yes, of course, you're sacrificing in the final third. And actually, talking of the final third, Moyes even said himself that our performance in the final third needs to be better. And I do agree with that. I think that was our biggest yeah, problem, yeah. in my opinion. And it's frustrating because before the game, we were saying... You know, if if Man City are not on top of their game, then we've got a chance as long as we are on top of our game. And that's the frustrating thing, because if you look at the first 20 minutes, I think City were there for the taking. They, they started slowly, I think, City. And I think if we were going to win that game, it was going to be in the first 20 minutes. But we didn't take advantage of that. And we let them grow into the game and take control and then dominate possession. And the other thing that disappointed me is that set pieces are so important in a game like that especially when you score so many like we do, but they weren't good enough on the day. And I just think, generally speaking, going forward, we just didn't make the most of the ability that I know we've got, you know? But do you know what, X? You're absolutely right. Having said that, a few years ago, we probably would have lost that four or five nil. So what Moyes has done is he's created a side that win more than we lose. But even if we don't win, we're hard to beat. And we lost by a goal against Wolves and we lost by a goal against City. But... You know, at the same time, X, that is two straight defeats. And with Chelsea coming up, how important is that Brighton game tomorrow? Yeah, it's a big game, definitely. And I would actually shake it up a little bit for the Brighton game, you know. I think, I think yeah, even though he, um, like, you know, it's obvious to say he scored a goal, but I think Lanzini has actually been playing quite well recently. Yeah. Every, every time I thought he started the game well against Vienna, uh, he, he came on and he played well against City. I thought he did well against Wolves when he came on. I thought he started, I think it might be Villa as well. He started to actually build up a consistent run of games now. I would be tempted to get him in the midfield now and probably at the expense of Ben Rama. I think because I think Ben Rama has been a bit off for the last couple of games um, so I would definitely consider that option. Another thing I'd consider and this is going to sound controversial but another thing I'd consider is dropping Suchek. No it's uh, not controversial. Okay. It's not controversial at all. I, I'm with you 100%. I was going to go a bit further than that actually and say that as it stands we haven't got the same player that we had last season. No. I, 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 he's actually been at best average and yeah. possibly arguably below average all season. And well, I don't know what it. it is with him, X. Does he need a rest? I don't know. But well, uh, you're right to call him out. 
Well, I think a rest is definitely the first thing I would try. And I think against Rapid Vienna, Moyes was apparently said, because the journalist was at the game and reported on it, that he spent most of the game shouting at Suchet to play further forward. So I don't know what's going on with him a little bit at the moment. I think he does need a rest. And then you've got to think, who would you bring in for him? You could bring in either Noble or Crowell. And to be honest with you, that is the sort of game I think I would play Noble in because it's, you know, Brighton, they're our bogey team, bit of experience. You know, that's the sort of game I would play him in. And people are probably, but there will be people listening to this that go, what? And we'll probably get comments on it. But something has to be done to try and get Suchik back to the level of performance he was showing last year. Because, as you just said, we haven't got that now. We haven't got the same player. He hasn't scored the goals he scored when he's not scoring the goals. Then it takes a massive part out of his game. And, you know, I think we've got to look at that. Um, you've also got the situation with the left back. Obviously, I, the, the route, I mean, it's going to be in my section, but the, the, the feeling is at the moment that Cresswell um, is going to have a, a late fitness test. So um, mm. we'll see how we go with that. And you've got a dilemma of do you bring Chaffel back in for Johnson? Now, I, I think that's harsh because I don't think Johnson's been terrible. And I, and I think that'd be really quite harsh. But as I've always said before, when you've got players that are like borderline on par with each other in terms of their uh, rights to the team. You could argue that this is the time to bring Chaffel back in now. Um, and if Chris was injured, you then could put Johnson at left uh, left back. So he's not dropped mm. anyway. Um, mm. There are a few things to consider. You've also got, um, you know, to consider Dawson for Diop possibly. Now I don't think Dawson had a terrible game against uh, Man City, but the, but, Arguably, for the future, Diop is a better prospect than Dawson, mainly because of age. Um, but so there's a few selection things to consider there. But I'll, I'll bring, you've got to bring Bowen back in as well because I think we missed his energy. So you've got to have him back in. I don't think Antonio's performed that well the last few games, and I think that's probably quite harsh on Antonio because um, you know he's very isolated. And against Man City, when you don't have the ball very often, it's very hard for him to actually have any form of impact. At, but um, there's a few things that managers consider definitely and I'm not being knee-jerk here um, because we lost against Man City we've obviously not we've lost against Wolves as well and I think with so many games coming up obviously we've got Brighton Wednesday got Chelsea Saturday you got such a quick run of games it might not be a bad thing to sort of alternate the squad anyway in terms of fitness um, and I think psychologically it might not be a bad thing either Mm. It's an interesting point about Johnson because he, he did come in for a bit of stick after the Man City game. And it, I think it depends how you look at it. Is it right to take him out after one game, one, okay, pretty poor performance, after his form has been so good? We're saying to him, right, that's it. One poor performance, one below average performance, you're out the side. Is Is that a good move for so many different reasons. I'm not so sure. Or on the flip side, is that the standard that should rightfully be in place now? Well, if you is, have one bad game, that's it. You lose your place. Well, this is what I've always said. And that's why it works on the flip side, that if you've had one really good game, you should keep your place. It's that kind of making sure that the standards are always up to that level. Now, I think dropping Johnson would be harsh. And personally, I don't think I would. I think I'd play him against Brighton. And if it was another... 
sort of average game from him. Then I think I'd bring Shafal in for a bit more experience against Chelsea. That's what I would do. So I think I would actually keep um, Johnson for this game against Brighton. But that said, if the manager was to bring Shafal in now, I could understand that, you know, before I would say you can't bring him in because Johnson's doing so well. That is what the beauty of West Ham is right now. We have, let's just say with Ben Rama. Ben Rama hasn't been terrible, but I just think Lanzini's been playing well every time he's come on. Mm. And if players are, and if players are playing, well, you've got to almost let's say with Dawson, you know, you've got to almost expect the better player to be the one that started because in terms of ability, I don't think there's much difference between Johnson and Shafau uh, in terms of what they could bring to the team. I don't think there's much difference between when a, a fit and on peak Lanzini to Ben Rama. So it's good to have those options. You know, do you have Dawson? You're not <coughs> looking at it thinking, oh, well, one's clearly better than the other. You know, if it's the one that's on form and if the player's on form and they're playing well, they should be the one that's in the team. But I think, I trust more completely to manage it against Brighton. I mean, Brighton are our bogey team as well, which we've got mm. to also bear in mind. Um, I've looked at the stats that have come out against that game. We haven't beaten them in the Premier League. Um, you know, and you wouldn't think that of a team of that's kind of always been near the bottom end of the table. So it's a tough game for us. And I think the manager's got to really get the selection spot on and I, and I wouldn't expect a couple of changes personally if I was well, if I was the manager I would anyway yeah I think you're right about Manu because I've looked at him recently and I think because obviously prior to his injury he was one of the first names on the team sheet Manu I mean he, he, he's he been such an important player for us then he got his injury and he took a hell of a long time to get back to anywhere near his best and I'm still not sure he is but He's better now than he was during that recovery period, without a shadow of a doubt. And I'm impressed by his agility, his close control. He can turn on a sixpence as well. He looks like he's got that sharpness back. And as I've said to you before, the only thing that he needs to improve is his end product because he's he's very good in the middle of the park and distribution isn't too bad. But in terms of assists and goals, I think we need to see more of that. And the only way we're going to see more of that is by giving him game time. And I, I wonder, you know, is there the potential for him to replace Suchek or would you be giving up too much defensively if you did that? You could do. And against a team like Brighton, where you expect to be attacking more so, you could do. There is that argument that you could bring him in. I mean, but then, like you said, that makes you, you telling Declan that he's basically got to sit and then let the others be the attacking ones, which you could do. I mean, there's definitely that option. And if he did that, I wouldn't be like, you know, what is he doing? I can understand that decision. Um, likewise, I can understand if Noble or, or Crowell came in. Um, so... It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see what he does. Because I do think on the back of those two performances, yes, they're against Wolves and Man City, so you don't need to get completely over the top and panic. Uh, but I think it just just because there's so many games coming up, you know, I just think it could do a couple of players uh, refreshed here and there might not be a bad thing. And like I said, Lanzini must be starting to think, you know, what do I need to do now? I've done three or four consistent levels of performance. Um, and if he doesn't start to get in the team, I don't think he'll get unhappy because he's not that sort of person. But it does take away the kind of motivation that I think the players at the squad currently have to be at the top of their game to therefore be in the starting eleven. 
Mm, it's a good goal as well. You missed it, didn't you? You was watching the West Ham fans get carted off by the old Bill. I was, yeah. Let's get my priorities right. I was watching a, was watching a fight. That was what well, a fight, but like, so I'm being evicted. And I, I saw the ball go off the post, but I don't know how it got there. But obviously, I've uh, I've seen the replay since, and uh, yeah, great game. Probably the best goal I've always ever missed. Actually, being at the game, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be out there, hasn't it? Do you know, normally, normally you hear stories like that where someone went to the toilet but you yeah. was actually there watching the game and still fucking missed it I know it's ridiculous isn't it one of the other worst goals I was actually at sorry not worst goals but significant goals I missed once I think I was there with you actually it was against Arsenal and then Altovic scored to put us in the lead I missed that because I was in the toilet but uh, that one, we went on the, but the Lanzini one yeah it's probably the best goal I've actually been in the flesh out and not seen so yeah yeah, yeah. A, new, yeah. a new one <laughs> do you think Antonio's dip in form coincides with his time with Jamaica. I don't think it's helped because I think he's playing too many games. Um, and the thing is, as well, they're clearly managing his injuries. Um, they're trying to well manage his hamstrings. They're making sure he only makes certain runs. You know, he's having to have treatment in and around the games and so on. So he's already being managed for the potential of getting an injury. Therefore, if you're throwing in extra games plus traveling on you know, aeroplanes to the other side of the world and then playing on different sort of texture of pitches. You know, I don't know. I shoot the one in the USA, he was fine, but I think he played in a, can't remember the other game he played now. It was one all, but I can't imagine the pitches were the same standard as the, as the Premier League pitches. So you've got, um, you've got to sort of, um, ask questions about it and and personally like you can't criticise Antonio for it because you know he's obviously waited the whole of his career to play international football he didn't get it with England so he's taken um, you know the second option um, from his heritage the the, the thing is, though, like he knows his injury situation and he's going to do that and, and he's playing for a nation and no disrespect to Jamaica because, you know, when they were in the 1998 World Cup, I think it was, they brought a load of, um, you know, like, uh, like added to the tournament, didn't they? They were like the reggae boys and they were fun. They were yeah. entertaining. You know, the, the community got behind them. And so it's great to have them involved. So it's nothing personal. It could be any nation of, of that stature. But the thing is, he's not, I don't think they're going to qualify for the World Cup. So it's almost like, why do you have to do this, Mickey? You know, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not mm-hmm. ideal, really. Um, and I think, but I also think he went against Man City. Any forward that's a lone forward like he was is going to struggle, really, because mm-hmm. he just didn't get any of the ball, really, any opportunities. A couple of times he did a, a few stupid things and gave it away, but I don't think you can judge his performance against Man City. But obviously, he didn't score against Wolves. He hasn't scored against Man City. We have no other option. So we need to get him scoring again. Um, I thought, you know, Sonny Perkins looked decent when he played against Vienna. You know, it's hard to judge in a game like that when, it, when the game was already over. But I'm not going to say I would start Sonny Perkins, but certainly you might want to start having him on the bench just so there's so, it's just like other than Bowen, there is another option to come on up front. Yeah. Well, do you know, it's exciting with Sonny, isn't it? Because he's someone who, He's actively involved in the squad now. He's, he seems to be in the plans for David Moyes, but you know better than I do. It seems like we want to utilise him as opposed to send him out on loan, as it stands, which 
speaks volumes about him, doesn't it? Surely. Yeah, I mean, he is obviously highly racist and he's international. Why are they young and under 19s? I think international. His, uh, his dad, we're hopefully going to get him on a show soon. His dad, Declan Perkins, actually played for West Ham Academy as well. And he was an Ireland under 21 international. I don't think he quite made it in the game, but he, I think he might have played a few times for South End, but he never reached it. Like never really made it. Um, but his dad's obviously from the academy, so they all know West Ham. He's come through the ranks. West Ham means a lot. You know, he played for Leighton Orient before he was at West Ham, born in Hackney. So he's a proper local lad. Very, very talented. I don't know if you heard Colton Cole say that the academy found it hard to find his best position because he was so good in every position he was Really? Playing. No, I didn't even yeah. say that. Yeah, he did say that. He mentioned Mark Phillips as well, said the academy staff struggled to actually pick his best position. But if they've settled for uh, an attacker or an attacking midfielder, at least it gives us an option. And, you know, perhaps he should have scored the header. That's being quite harsh, possibly. But he was in the right position to get it. He also was in the right position. A couple of times, made some good runs, you know, uh, sometimes having the excitement of a raw, young academy striker can do a lot. You know, we look at Freddie Sears. For the first, he scored his debut, the first few games he played for the club. And, you know, when you've got, even if they're not particularly that good, just have the potential for that. And I'm not saying that's Casey Perkins, because I think he is that good, but like just having the potential of a young Academy striking coming through brings a bit of excitement, doesn't it? You know, we wanted it with Elliot Lee, we wanted it with Xander Silva, we wanted it with Martinez. You know, we've always wanted there to be that person. So if Perkins could get anywhere near being a Premier League forward for us, coming off the bench and stuff, then I think it would be worth having him on the bench because we've got no other options at the moment anyway. Mm, yeah, good luck to him. It is exciting, you're right. So it's a disappointing result, of course. Possibly one we all expected. But on a brighter note, it was a funny journey to Manchester, wasn't it? Oh, mate, funny. Really, really funny. I mean, our away days are always funny occasions anyway. But this was <laughs> a this was definitely up there. I mean, that, that obviously it was set, set off me thinking, oh, this is not going to be good. Because in the morning, I think quite a few trains to Manchester had been cancelled. And then when we actually got to... Uh, Eastern, uh, we saw that our, our train had been delayed. It kept getting put back, didn't it? Five yeah. minutes, ten minutes, five minutes, and so on. It looked like it was just going to be a, we're never going to get there, but eventually we did get on the train, and my word, <laughs> I don't like to use a derogatory <laughs> word, but it was, so I'm not going to, but it was a, it was an entertainment um, <laughs> uh, coach journey. That's an entertaining coach journey. That's sure. <laughs> well, I, I know, obviously, from the listener's perspective, you, know, you had to be there to fully oh, appreciate so. how funny this was. But for our own entertainment, I think we should just revisit it because in my mind, I refer to it now as the Coach B Toilet of Terror. Because yeah. we, we, we were sitting, right, in full view of the train's toilet. But where we were positioned, it strangely created some sort of illusion where someone would go in as themselves and fucking come out as someone else. <laughs> I mean, it was the strangest, most hilarious thing we've ever seen, isn't it? I mean, one man went in and came out as a woman. Yeah. Then some fella in his 20s went in and came out as a fucking Jewish rabbi in his 60s. <laughs> then we get to Stockport, someone goes in and comes out a fucking midget. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, I, I know this sounds unbelievable, but am I lying, X? No, it's the truth. The people were literally changing in as many, <laughs> as many possible forms as they could. You know, changing ethnicity, changing gender, changing... Uh, 
disability changing religion, you know religion it was like it was like absolutely crazy it was and- carnage oh, do you know what? i mean at one point i said fuck it hell in a minute someone's gonna come out half man half horse holding a crossbow galloping <laughs> down the center of the fucking carriage i mean that toilet was like a cross between stars near eyes and narnia wasn't it? it was mental I mean, we were doubled up laughing weren't we? and the funny thing was i mean i don't know if it's funny really to the listener again you had to be there but there were it started off with obviously all the sort of you know the late night, oh, <laughs> like late night victims of, of their earlier shenanigans. So there was people <laughs> just standing there completely off their face, and then uh, like through through all different methods. I think alcohol and drugs were at play for a lot of the people there, and oh, and yeah, then uh, the person, one person was standing there, and uh, we could see it coming, couldn't we, mate? And he literally just. Chundered everywhere. Oh. So, so then the toilet was actually locked up by the <laughs> by the train porter person for for ages, and people were just like standing outside the toilet, not knowing it was locked. We did because we'd see what happened, <laughs> but the people going into the toilet didn't. So they were getting so frustrated, weren't they? Because they were hammered as well. They were banging on the door, going, "Get out! What's <laughs> taking so long?" And we knew that there was no one in there anyway. So we were so we were like taking bets on how long they'd stand there before they gave up at the end. Yeah. Oh, mate. Do you know what? That was arguably the funniest thing because it was the relationship those group of lads had with the toilet. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was incredible. I mean, they kept going to the toilet, and like you say, it was obvious what they were doing because they come out like fucking flesh-eating zombies with their jaws <laughs> swinging everywhere. But they were battered before they even got on the train, and and it was funny because, like you say, at one point someone comes sprinting down the carriage. I fucking shit myself. I didn't know what was going on, but. <laughs> He, he managed to open the toilet door, but before he got to it, he just projectile, didn't he? I mean, it was yeah, like something from The Exorcist. It literally yeah. just flew out of him. I dread to think how much sick there was in that toilet. And then, yeah. like you say, <laughs> he then went back to his seat after about 20 minutes. And then the train manager was passing by. He looked in the toilet, winced and locked it. But unless you saw him do it, you wouldn't have known he'd locked it. So the lads kept coming back, obviously, to do more coke. But because it was locked, they thought someone was in there and they were getting so pissed off. They were saying, come on, mate, you've been there for ages. How fucking long do you need? And then he'd come back half an hour later and say, for fuck's sake, open this fucking toilet door now. There's no cunt in there, was there? I didn't realise they were fucking died in there. Which, to be honest, based on what we'd seen in that toilet, was probably a fair question. Well, I didn't realise they'd all morphed into warding. it was it was just bizarre it was just so funny to sit back and watch and even if you think man we haven't even mentioned this part when we were at the station do you remember the announcement that kept going over and over what was it something like will captain will captain smith please go to the to yeah. the, the control room or something along those yes. lines. Yeah. And, it a, and it was a bit like, it was a bit like where Mr. Moon has entered the building, you know, and he's yes. getting out to park. Yeah. It was really strange, isn't it? Going over and over again. And at one point you went off to get like a drink or some sandwiches or something. And I was standing there on my own. And then all these policemen just ran into the, the train station and ran down to a carriage. I don't know what that was all about. Okay. We went and got a, yeah, we went and got on a train and stuff. So yeah, it was uh, a <laughs> very, very, very good. Toilet and came out a group of nuns. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> 
and it was just absolutely bizarre. They always we turned up at the hotel, and you know, there was a few like, the receptionist wasn't exactly the most uh, no. uh, w- welcoming and uh, charismatic, no. charismatic of fellas. And then, uh, yeah, we got in, and we walked walk past the amazing water feature that was outside, which was just <laughs> like, like I don't even know how to describe it. Like, basically, like a, a square with like a tiny little sort of tap trickling in the middle. Of <laughs> Absolutely it's awful. So true. It's so yeah. true. And you know, to be fair, given your history of booking hotels, this wasn't bad. I mean, it weren't great. Let's be honest, no. but it wasn't. It wasn't bad. And uh, it's it weird expensive because... though, mate, compared to the other hotels. Yeah, we I know. should be getting about three or four times bad. It wasn't three or four times bad. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. And when you walked in, the weird thing is the reception doubled up as a bar, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, that was odd. And that was really weird. And it's funny when we got there because you had to give your names to check in. And obviously, for the purpose of your identity, I'll, I'll give you a false surname. But let's say your, your name was, I don't know, Watkins. And, and he said to you, didn't he? He said, well, I, I, need, you, uh, I, I need to find out who it's booked under. He said, uh, he said, yeah, Watkins and Walker. He said, right, okay. Uh, what are the names? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watkins and Walker. <laughs> and then I asked for some ice, didn't I? Because I wanted a rum and coke that I'd bought in the room. Um, and he's just fucking gone for ages, wasn't he? Yeah, he left the reception desk <laughs> and he eventually came in with his eye. I'm sure he fucking opened up a tap and then put it in the freezer and waited it to set <laughs> to bring <laughs> it out. He might, he, might have, he might have even gone all the way to like Scandinavia or something. He brought it back by the time he was away that long. He yeah, was like, yeah, I know. Ages, I know. It was. And, and obviously, we had a bit of time to kill before the game so being the sadistic voyeurs that we are we decided to book a taxi didn't we to take yeah. us for a tour of moss side now for those that don't know moss side was once voted voted the worst and most dangerous place to live in england but to our surprise and if i'm honest disappointment the driver said it, it sort of sorted itself out didn't he, he said I, I quote him he said actually a nice place to live and i don't know either that or he was lying because he was too shit scared to go there i don't know so we went to the casino instead, didn't we? Yeah, I went to the casino and I actually broke even, which for me was, uh, was yeah. a real achievement in a casino. So I'll yeah. take that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> then we went to, the, went to the game. And then obviously at certain points of the game, we weren't even entirely sure that it was actually going to be still on. With the amount of snow that was coming down. And uh, yeah. yeah, then there was obviously a disappointing twist to the before and after match stuff. I don't know if you would have Oh, well, absolutely. Because one thing that you wouldn't have seen from us on Sunday was a burger review. And this is because, and I still can't believe this because it's absolutely farcical, there wasn't one single burger van at the ground or around the ground. Incredible. And next, you actually wanted to give them a points deduction for that, didn't you? Well, I think so, because we searched as well. We searched in the snow. You know, our commitment to this Patreon podcast is such <laughs> that we actually walked around in the snow trying to find yeah, it. We did. Both, both before and after. And we spoke did. To, spoke to numerous policemen and stewards and people that we hoped would actually be able to point us in the direction of one, and they, and they couldn't. And you know, so we we ended up not finding one. And then at the end, there was like, do you remember that little beacon of hope we had? So we kind of went around the corner in there, like an Asda, and we yes. saw this little like. To describe it, like a little van thing, I guess. And um, we're walking up. I said, "Mate, I think we found our answer." Wow! And as he walked up, it was some of the most bizarre stuff, wasn't there? Yeah, like, it was. You know, minted tea and like yeah. just ridiculous things that you wouldn't buy at a football. And um, yeah, so so unfortunately, there was no burger review from Man City because there was no burgers. Um, yeah. So I think personally, I think that's administration for Man City. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think look at the end of the day, I know Man City have worked hard 
with their branding and their reputation and, and their image and they throw money at it. But that, that that's not avoiding the fact it's that they've taken one of the heart and souls out of football, which is a burger van at the ground. I mean, that's yeah. that's part of the match day experience. And, and I don't think that should go unpunished. At first, when you mentioned it, I said, I don't know, should we put that in a league table because it might confuse people? But the more I think about it, I think a points deduction with an asterisk underneath it to say points deduction due to not having a fucking burger van at the ground. Yeah, I think and, so. And I, I think they should be named and shamed. And I, I, I don't know so. at this stage, X, how many points we're talking about. You know, we've got to get the balance between punishment and fairness. So what are you thinking? Well, ultimately, they need to be relegated because they didn't provide the, the, the basics. It's like <clears throat> it's like a football team being in the league, not being able to field 11 players. If you're doing a mm. burger review and you can't provide a burger, then there is no game. So in my yeah. opinion, they need at least a 12-point deduction. You, you'd go with 12 points. I think okay. so. That's not the severest punishment I think I've ever seen given out. Well, I've seen 15 once, but... You know, <laughs> what, for not having it, a burger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not quite for that, but for yeah. you know, financial regularities and stuff. But yeah, but yeah. I think we're taking this seriously and therefore yeah. that crime should be taken seriously. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Let's do it then. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get the updated um, graphic done um, with Scotty Sullivan. He'll get that sorted for us and that will now display... Man City at the bottom of the table, minus 12 points um, with the asterisk explaining why. I thought that was shocking. Absolutely it is, devastating. It is. And the fact of the matter is, when we tried to talk to the police or steward about it, they gave us like vague directions that we could go to get one. So they thought, but they were quite clueless to it too. Yeah. Yeah, and so, that goes to show if the local old bill can't tell you where a burger van is, it's not that we've missed it. There isn't one. No, exactly. And we did do most of the perimeter of the ground. Yeah. So, you know, we went, Fucking we hell, went. we've done most of the perimeter of Manchester by the yeah, time we got picked true, up. True, true, true. Yeah, and walking in the snow as well. You know, this is the thing, like, you know, we didn't want to let you guys down. We are that mm. committed to the And we were starving. There was yeah, that as well. well. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't say don't, don't say it's heroic. Yeah, we were trying to find that trying to find this burger van. It was like, you know, like in the desert where you get a mirage of water. It was a little bit like that in the snow and the cold of Manchester. <laughs> we just seen a steamy burger van in the distance. Like every, every, every we were hallucinating one yeah, at one exactly. point. Every time we got to it, we found out it wasn't there in our yeah. disaster. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. So massively disappointing. Shame on you, Man City. Yeah. And it will now be public. It'll be public it knowledge. It will be there in black and white on the West Ham Way Patreon that you have been deducted officially. And this is an official announcement. 12 <laughs> points for not having a fucking burger van at the football, which, yeah. you know, and I hope for their own sake, they review that and yeah. um, they take it in and they implement a burger, burger van from the next game. It's as or, simple as that. Because otherwise, what? they're not going to learn unless we go public with it, X. No, that's true. And you know what, mate? We're entrepreneurs now. We always look for a niche in the market. There maybe we need to be the Manchester City <laughs> burger van. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe that is our calling in life. Maybe, that, maybe, maybe that's why they didn't have one, because they're trying to lure us in to be the burger van. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we then, whenever we play Man City away now, we'll drive and we'll tow our own burger van um, and it will be for West Ham fans only with patrons get a discount on all burgers How's I that? think so and the beauty of it is as well because we're such burger connoisseurs we yeah. should be able to get our burger to at least a 9 out of 10 on the reviews yeah oh god yeah that's a point people might review us that puts a lot of yeah. pressure on us on the day it Especially when you've been critical of others. Yeah. Oh, all right. Maybe we'll fuck that off then. Um, <laughs> but you know, going back to the game itself, in terms of man of the match, our patrons gave it to Declan with 57% of the votes. 
followed by Fabianski with 17% and Lanzini with 11%. Do you think that's fair? Um, probably. It's hard, it's hard to pick out a man of the match, really, from that game uh, because he didn't have much of the ball. Um, so, yeah, I guess Declan had a couple of good runs, didn't he? Broke up the play well. Guardiola praised him after the match, so he obviously saw something. Fabianski's an interesting one because he made a couple of saves, but his kicking was terrible. Oh, times, I, know, I, know, I know it was the snow and stuff and the conditions, so you can maybe give him a bit of an excuse, but in that first half, particularly when you know he was kicking from the end that, that you and I are at, he, um, yeah, his kicking was terrible. When they almost, well, didn't they? They did score, didn't it? It was ruled out by VAR. That came from one of the, one of his terrible kicks. Yeah, it did. So, so, um, yeah, so a bit skeptical on, on Fabianski, but he did make some saves, and yeah, Lanzini did make a difference. Obviously, score a good goal, but probably, probably do agree with Declan. Yeah. Okay, so I know we touched on this earlier, but when you talk about potential changes for the Brighton game specifically then, putting you on the spot, what would you do? I think I'd do Lanzini for... for so you, you go to a flat-back four, wouldn't you, straight away? That, yeah. That's a no-brainer, isn't it? So I'd take Maserakio out, I'd bring Bowen back. I think I'd then take Ben Rama out and put Lanzini in. And then I'd be very, very tempted, to, like I said, to take Suchek out and put him on the bench. You know, and, I, and with the aim, maybe if we're not winning the game, he comes on the on the 60th minute or whatever. We got half an hour, and he tries to get himself on the score sheet. So possibly, and I know I'm not going to even read the comments now. I'm going to get stick for this, but I'd possibly put Noble in for Suchek. Mm. And then I'm even part of me is thinking even like, I'm even still thinking possibly for Dawson probably not because I don't think Dawson's done horrific no. I think, and I think Brighton actually is a sort of game where I'd rather Dawson than Diop and then it would depend on Cresswell's fitness I don't think I would drop Johnson based on that performance so yeah certainly Bowen back in I think I would bring Lanzini for Ben Rama and I think I would do Noble for Suchek as well yeah I mean there are certain players that have to up their game unquestionably and it's a big game for Ben Rama uh, so much so that I would actually start him. I don't think I'd take him out. I think I would start possibly with Lanzini in for Suchek, possibly, and then maybe ask Deck to be more defensive. I'd start the game that way, possibly. And if Ben Rama wasn't performing, then I'd possibly look to move Lanzini in for Ben Rama and then maybe bring on Nobes, someone like that. Other than that, I think we agree pretty much on what we do. I mean, I think Ben Rama's played really well. Don't get me wrong. The last, aside from the last couple of games, I would have said he was. A good oh yeah. Oh gotcha. Year. I, I mean, yeah. you're comparing Ben Rama and Suchek's overall performance so far this season, it's chalk and cheese. Like yeah. Benny's been fantastic at times. That's why for me, I, I'd, I'd start him. I'd keep him in a team. Yeah. But I want, I want to see that consistency. You know. Yeah, and um, I think, I, 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 I think he's, he's better done. than that. He's better than to have two bad games in a row. You know, he's a top quality player. Yeah, and the whole thing, like I said, <laughs> as I said, that I like about this team is you can literally say you've got to be on the top of your game, otherwise your position is in doubt because we've got such a good squad. Like, I can't sit here and always say, like, you don't change the winning side. If then when things aren't going well, you don't change that either because it defeats the point of it. You've got to play my whole of like philosophy behind this is that you play the players that are on form 
It doesn't matter. Mm. You know, obviously, like I've said to you before, if there's a huge class difference, you know, if Roberto had had one decent game and had all those five terrible ones before, and then suddenly, you know, Fabianski's fit or whatever, I wouldn't have kept Roberto because there's clearly a difference in ability. Yeah. But when it's like you could argue for one or the other, then I think you've got to go for someone that's that's on form. And, and that's why, and, you know, you say to Suche, you don't say, you say to him, listen, you are Hammer of the Year last year. You yeah. Know, you, 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 you an amazing player. The fans love you. This is don't don't be too disheartened about this. We've got Chelsea on Saturday. You know you could be back in for that. Let's just see how today goes. If things aren't going that well, we'll bring you on. You can get yourself a goal. But you've played pretty much every game this season, pretty much, and you played for your country and you did the same last year. I think you just need a bit of a respite. And there's no harm in that. I mean, in December there are so many games. Like you know. I, I hate having to do the team news at the moment because I feel like I'm having to nag with certain people because there's so many games. You know, when there was one game every week, it's fine. So you can just sort of say, oh, listen, mate, you know, well, give us a heads up, what's the team? I'm pretty much having to ask every couple of days now because there's so many games. And that's the same for the players. Just like, just let them like know that there's going to be a little bit of rotation. You know, if we go beat Brighton 3-0, the, the argument could be you stick with those three. I don't know, that team, I mean, sorry. But you just have to, this is the time to sort of refresh it a little bit, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Right, quick announcement now. So as you know, our next pre-match event is on the 18th of December before the Norwich game with the special guest being Colton Cole. Just to let everyone know, this event is now sold out. So we look forward to seeing you all there. Right, okay, let's get the latest from X. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way Podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, why do people say it goes without saying, and then say it anyway? I mean, if it really goes without saying, you should instead not say it and just give a knowing look? Well, folks, it goes without saying. Uh, what does? The thing that I'm not going to say. Okay. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.